This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Tanner Fogler is a guy that just reached out to me over Instagram and said, Hey, I've been listening to your Go Hunt series about going hunting in Argentina, seeing your, your content. And I wanted to give you a piece of information about how much it cost me and how easy it was for me to go hunting in Argentina. I was like, oh yeah, that's awesome. And yes, we want you on the podcast. So here's a conversation, short, sharp, to the point, as you would expect, between me and Tana. And Tana breaks down how he went to Argentina, how much it cost. And hopefully by the end, you're like, that's what I want to do, and I want to go hunt in Argentina. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to, to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany, my name, my is, name. Oh, does my hair look okay? My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. <laughs> Braxton, you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Mm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a, a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. So these are the kinds of conversations that uh, I love to have because you, my friend, well, now I'm staring at the ceiling. <laughs> oh, are you uh, on video? You, my friend. Oh, you can't see me, huh? No, that's why I was asking if we're doing this on video. I didn't know if my... Oh, the video, the video is just uh, right. so that we can see each other and have a conversation. I can't see you. That's what I was trying to figure out. 
there should be a little thing in the in the right in left corner um, little wheel that says uh, hide incoming video. I wonder if you've got that tabbed off. I don't know if it'll show up in your. Um... Oh, there we go. All right, we're good now. My bad. There we go. No, you're good. That's you're why good. I was asking at the beginning because I, I was confused. <laughs> All right, we're good now. So, I love these kinds of conversations because I don't know you from a bar of soap. You are a follower of Blood Origins, um, and uh, you know we started talking about getting people interested in going hunting. Like to us, this thing that we love so much is dependent on people. Number one, communicating obviously why they hunt, but number two, going and hunting. And there's a you know a prevalence around the United States specifically about people. Oh, it's too hard to hunt. The access, you know, public land access is getting less and less. The bar of entry is getting so high. Tags are getting less. Your your draw opportunities are getting less. Point creep is a is a reality in every single state across the U.S., especially in the West. And I think a lot of people re- forget that there is a big, wide world of hunting, and you can pretty much hunt anywhere. If you really put just a little bit of mustard into it. And so we just wanted to highlight places to go hunt. And two of the places we wanted to highlight was Argentina and New Zealand, specifically because they were the last two countries to come out of lockdown, come out of this whole COVID pandemic nonsense. And Tanner, is it Fogler? Is Fogler right? Fogler. Well, you know, South African. Fogler, Fogler. Sorry, I, I apologize. Everyone says Fogler, though, so it's all right. <laughs> Tanner Fogler DMs me, and he says, what'd you say to me, Tanner? Uh, well, I was originally listening to the other one you had about Argentina, and I heard the guy say it was like nine to ten grand ago, and I had just gotten back from Argentina like a month or two before that podcast. And I went for about half of that. So I nice. DM you and was like, well, I got, I can tell people exactly how much it costs to go. And so here we are. Here we are, man. I love it. I love it. Tan, a Tanner Fogler, welcome to the Blood Origins podcast, my friend. Thanks for having me, dude. No, it's, you're welcome. You're welcome. Where are you situated right now, Tanner? Where are you from? Give us a little bit of background about you. Uh, I'm Tanner Fogler. I'm from Tallahassee, Florida. Lived here my whole life and hunted my whole life and fished. And I just love doing anything outside and fun, whether it's hunting, fishing, skiing, anything. I assume you're an FSU fan? I am. Good. <laughs> I try to go to most How's of the FSU games. doing this year? Better than last three years. So that's all right. We're on that a, is definitely an improvement. We've won more than we lost, so we're doing good. Outstanding, outstanding. So tell me, let's just get cracking, man. I see you've got a little bit of brown liquid, as I've got some oh, little yeah. brown liquid. Bullet rock. What, um, what, does, what made you decide to go hunt in Argentina? Mm, well, I've always wanted to go, because my 
dad has been up oh, 10 years ago. And then I go to the duck banquets, like the Ducks Unlimited banquets every year and the turkey banquets, all those. And so we were up there, probably drank too much, and we all decided let's just buy a hunt on this live auction. And so that's what we did. And then So tell us because that happens a lot, right? There's a lot of good Argentina hunts that you can buy at a Ducks Unlimited banquet, at an NWTF banquet, um all the banquets like Whitetails Unlimited, they typically are uh quite uh prevalent. So what hunt did you buy? So I bought a oh, I got everything written down right here. So we bought a Cordoba hunt for four people for six total hunts, three nights staying in the lodge. And total for that was $2,400 that we had to pay to the DU banquet. And then after that was for four people. Yeah. So $600 a person for three nights. Yep. And yep. A normal nightly rate for that lodge is $695 per night. So right there, you already saved a third on that or more than that, really. But so then at that $600, they're going to add like the lodge and all that. They add your hunting licenses, your transfer fees, your landowner fees and all that. So I ended up total for me alone without gun rentals, shells, flights, all that, just for the lodging, which includes like all your food, open bar, transportation, all of that stuff was $1,310. And then... Amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, that's six hunts, which is plenty of hunts. You don't need to go for an entire week or five days and hunt. 10 days or hunt, have 10 hunts and you'll get the, you'll have enough fun. You'll be tired of it. Like not in a bad way. So you're hunting when, when you did, when you did the Cordoba dove hunt, did they have anything else on offer whilst you were there? Um, or did you just, it was just dove hunting in the morning and afternoon, morning, afternoon, morning, afternoon. It was the, that lodge was just dove hunting. And I mean, you can get, packages that will be like three days dove hunting and a couple of days duck hunting or whatever but those are different lodges so and i think each lodge mm-hmm. it varies in price so i only have i know the cordova lodge and that was only um dove and then okay so 1310 cost you 1310 what does it cost you to fly and how did you fly all right so my flight was total was 130 or $1,386. And that was me bumping myself up into like not first class, whatever that economy or premium economy or whatever uh, exit row, because I'm six, five and I'm not spending 11 hours crammed in economy. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I looked, it was my, without the bump up, it was a $986 flight. And that was, tell us the leg of like where you were flying to and from. I flew out of Tallahassee at four o'clock in the afternoon, flew to Dallas, had a 
like two hour layover there. And then from Dallas, I flew straight into Buenos Aires. And they picked you up in Buenos Aires or did you have to fly somewhere else? Yeah. So once you're in Buenos Aires, you fly from Buenos Aires to Cordoba. But so I have, we, if you're going to Argentina, don't try to cheap out and fly to Buenos Aires and then hop right on a plane to go to Cordoba, go enjoy the culture and city and people. So we stayed a night. So we got to Buenos Aires at like eight o'clock in the morning, spent all day, had a, stayed at the Marriott right downtown and then slept there and then flew out from there the next day to Cordoba. And that was, Buenos Aires was awesome and it's super cheap. It was a hundred dollars for a room for us at a Marriott. If you pay, if you go bring cash, American cash, small bills, because if you do that, everything is basically half off. So we would go to dinner and for all five of us who went, we ate at like Googled like nicest steakhouse in Buenos Aires, went there, <laughs> ate steak dinners, drank bottles of wine, liquor drinks. Our total bill was $120. And then we got on a plane the next day and flew to Cordoba and that flight was only a hundred bucks. Wow. How was it? How was was it? Obviously, this is you flying to a different country for the first time. How, how wary, how difficult was it to just, you know, arrive, get through the airport and then find your way downtown? Was there a hotel shuttle? Um, talk about that a little bit more honestly, for those that are like, man, I don't think I could do that. It wasn't bad. Most, I mean, I don't know any Spanish, but most of the people spoke at least enough English to tell you where you need to go. And then, so we had a driver pick us up from the airport that we had prearranged. And they took us to our hotel in Buenos Aires, which is right downtown. So everything we could walk to. And so, I mean, that part was easy. You literally, like in a movie, get off the airplane, walk through baggage claim, and there's someone's holding a sign with your name on it. So, (laughs) cool. Okay. And then you hop on a bus and they take you to the airport and then all the people at, or I meant to the hotel, all the people at the hotel speak English. So you check in, put your bags in your room and then you just wander around and go find something to do. And you can Google anything you want and it'll tell you pop up Google maps and hit the walking thing. It'll tell you how to get there. Mm-hmm. For sure. So you have the night in, in, in Buenos Aires, you, you've, get taken back to the airport the next day, fly to Cordova. Different airport. So Mm. one's the international, Buenos Aires, where you fly into is going to be the international airport. And then you have to get another driver to take you to a different airport, which is about, I think it was only like 10 minutes from our hotel. And that's their like local airport. And that flies you to Buenos Aires. Or I meant to Cordova. And then you get so, go ahead. Yeah, you get to Cordova. You get to Cordova, and then you're from there. Then all your stuff you paid for for the lodge kicks in. You have a another person that's picking you up, and they're going to be your translators because a lot of, them, I mean, the manager of the lodge and like 
the field manager speak English, but most other people don't. But so you have a translator slash person that's like dealing with all your paperwork and stuff at the airport greeting you. Then he takes you to a bus and then you have another person that will drive you to your lodge, which is, I want to say it was like a two hour drive. Mm -hmm. Did you guys take any shotguns or were you just going to rent the guns there? No one. So two of the people that went with us had already been and they said it was not worth the hassle of trying to do all the paperwork to bring your own gun. And then as much as you shoot, either if you have to, if you have a really nice shotgun, you don't want to put that many rounds through it. If you don't, then your shotgun's going to malfunction. So might as well just mm -hmm. pay and deal with theirs. Mm -hmm. and, but I mean, for the hassle, it was, I think the gun, the gun rental was $95 a day. Okay. And then I checked. Okay. So I, when I looked up all this, I did everything I spent and then rechecked because I'm in the middle of booking my trip for next year. And some of the prices went up. So where I paid $95 last year a day for a gun, it is $115 a day for a gun now. But all guns are the same. So you can rent 28 gauge, 20 gauge, or 12 gauge. And you get Benelli M2s or you can shoot Breda Silver Pigeons. <coughs> Excuse me. But they're really nice guns there. And you have field hands that if anything happens, they will take your gun apart right there and fix it. So you're not down for long. Mm -hmm. So talk, you know, a lot of people love the idea of dove hunting in Argentina. And you mentioned you've got a pretty good deal, but it all comes down to the, the shell cost, right? Uh -huh. The amount of shit that you try to shoot. I got that broke down too for you. So I shot. All right, let's hear it. I actually got two things. So this is just what I wanted to sh shoot. Cause I think a lot of people, when they think of Argentina, they think these big open fields and just clouds of birds piling in, which does happen on some of your mm -hmm. hunts. But all, not all your hunts are like that. A lot of it looks like South Texas mesquite bushes, like real 15-foot tall, real thick. Everything's got a thorn on it. And they'll cut holes in it. So you'll have a big hole above you and you'll just be getting dive bombed with birds. So when you're hunting like that, you don't have to shoot as much. I think it's funner trying to like pick out your shots and just have fun with it rather than just sky blasting. So I'll shot, right. I shot about two cases a day, like basically 500 rounds a day, which I could easily shot a thousand rounds a day if I wanted to. But so it just all comes down to you. So, but I spent. So last year, the uh, I shot. I spent twelve hundred and ninety-five dollars on shells, and that was at fifteen dollars a case. This year, a or fifteen dollars a, a box. box a you box. mean? Yeah, a box. This yeah. year they're eighteen fifty a box. So they went up a lot, but or three dollars and fifty cent, but still worth it and then mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but so i got right here we shot so total shot because they have you have bird boys that sit with you and will reload your gun 
and fix your gun, whatever. And they also have a clicker, so they count how many shells you shoot, and then they also count how many birds you shoot. So shot 839 birds last year in three days. Dang. Did you take, let me say, ask this, because a lot of people are like, did you take an extra padded shirt in terms of like for your shoulder? Because that's the worst thing that could possibly go wrong, right? Is that it just freaking you, you beat yourself up so badly on the first day that you just don't want to shoot the thing again. So it's honestly not that bad. I mean, I shot, I would suggest no one shoot a 12 gauge because that's when that happens. I shot a over under 20 gauge and it already had a rubber pad on it. But then I brought an extra slip on rubber pad that I put over top of that oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and I just wore, wore that in a hoodie. And then mm. also, if you're there, keep in mind that if you're planning on going in summer or winter, you got to go in the opposite well, here. Because it was, it was cold when we were hunting down there. It was like in the 30s. Yeah, winter, man. I love it. It's almost like Africa winter down there, man. It's amazing. Uh, it was nice. I would. That's what we did it for, because we would much rather... I live in Florida, so I'd much rather get out of the heat here and go to the cold than lose out on the couple of days of cold we get here and go to the hot. And when did you go, Tana? Uh, the end of June. June 23rd through mm, the 29th. Perfect. Perfect. And the lodge food and the wine and whatnot's first class out of this world? Oh, it's amazing. I got, I mean, they have a in-house chef that cooks all your breakfast, all your lunch, or all your dinners. And then while you're hunting, you don't go back to the lodge for lunch. They have field chefs that they set up tents, they set up tables, tablecloths, all cook on open fires, your lunches, set you up cots if you want to take a nap. All your wine, <laughs> nice. All your wine while you're at lunch, and then you come back, and your um, people that work at the house or have a drink waiting on you, and then appetizers, and you tell them what time you want to eat dinner, and they'll have it ready at exactly that time. And then the place we went had a big wine cellar in the basement, and you could tell them whatever you wanted to drink down there, and then they had a liquor bar upstairs that you could go behind and make your own drinks if you wanted to. They had a hot tub. Amazing. So, no, it was... uh, tell me one more expense that you, that people, you know, often forget about. That's really, really important. What about tips? So Tana? basically what they say is about $50 a day per person that's helping you. So basically a hundred bucks a day. At like a minimum, so three hundred bucks for what we did, mm -hmm. and I mean you can obviously tip more or less or whatever, but yeah, it's only it's about three hundred bucks a day. I mean, a like hundred bucks a day, three hundred dollars total. Yeah, yeah. How and and in total, how much did you spend? I know you said in the beginning half of what we had so, talked about on the previous podcast last year. My total. And I didn't include like this. I didn't include like dinner in Buenos Aires or going out to the bar in Buenos Aires or stuff like that. But for everything was forty two hundred dollars and forty six. Or yeah, amazing. Cool. Yeah, and then 
I did the math without buying it at the DU banquet and it would have been $7,200 for exactly what I did. Mm -hmm. And then this year. So you're going back next year? Yeah. I'm going to go hopefully the same time frame, maybe mid-July, early July, late June, somewhere in there. And with the price changes, if I do exactly what I did last year, it'll be 4900 bucks. So have you bought the hunt already? Yeah. Oh, that was another. So once you go, if you buy it through the DU banquet and you build your relationship with the people, once you go, you don't have to buy it through the DU banquet. They'll honor your price, their price. So because we have a, our DU banquets on Thursday, so we were going to go and buy it again. And we emailed the people and they said, yeah, no problem. We'll see what we can do. And just because of some landowner fees and transfer fees changes, it was this year where last year was 1310. This year it's 1380. But wow. So we don't have to cool. worry about trying to buy it at an auction or anything like that. Are you going to do anything else whilst you're down there next year? No, this year or next year, I'm just going to go ducks again. I'm going to do the exact same thing. Okay. But okay. One day I'll get into ducks. I just. Ducks what about stag and buffalo and black buck and axis and stuff? Oh, I know. It's just. I got to get into all that. I got. <laughs> I got the the dove bug here, and heck yeah! When a dove hunt here is, you shoot maybe two doves. So it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I get and, it. I get it. And it's the people there are so nice, and it's so fun. Mm-hmm. You don't want to because if you do any of that, you go different lodge, and you don't want to risk. You go down there, and then someone's not cool or you don't have as much on exactly so this at least i know what i'm getting yeah exactly perfect 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 well uh i would if you are in the in the you know one of the things you you may want to do and i don't know how how difficult it would be you can either get to dallas safari club which is january 2nd through the 6th i believe or you can get yourself to nashville which is Safari Club International, is in Nashville for the first time, February 22nd to the 25th. And both of those places have a bunch of Argentinian outfitters that have booths. Mm-hmm. And um, good places to stalk for, you know, your next adventure down there, whether, you know, get yourself a red stag or a buffalo or whatnot. Oh, I'm always trying to do something. I go... That's what I spend all my money on trips. That's what I do. I, <laughs> That's great. Going, to, I'm going skiing next in February. This coming up February, I'm going. I just got back from fishing on a 60 foot hatteras for tuna for three days. I drive Damn. me and my brother drive. Did you get one? Oh yeah, like 176 pound yellowfin tuna. Wow. We went. Me and my brother drive to Nebraska and bow hunt. We, whatever it is, I'm I'm always about it. As long as, as, well, long man, as I'm hunting or doing something. 
Well, I truly appreciate you reaching out. You know, we like short, sharp podcasts that just, especially with your experience, to go down there and to encourage people to go hunt. Um, you certainly have figured it out, and you've got you know all the all the numbers written down. And I appreciate us. You know, we played a little bit of email tag left, right, and center to try and get us situated for tonight. But anything else that you'd like to say about Argentina, Tana? I think you should just go. I think. I mean, I know forty. Let's just say forty-five hundred dollars is a lot of money, but I'll, well, actually, here I'll say this: if you buy it through the DU banquet, you have two years to do it. So if you can save up twenty-two hundred dollars a year, buy it one year, spend the original your thirteen ten. That's what you're gonna have to pay up within the first. You pay the let's say $600 a person to the DU banquet, then you're basically spending another $700. You got to pay to the outfitter within like a couple months. So when, once you do that, then you have two years, you can plan, you can save up and then you can go. So it's not like it's, you buy it at the banquet and you have to write a check for $4,500. And then even after you, pay for everything like everything other than your gun rentals and your shells and all that you pay that before you leave so it's actually less money and then after you get back or after you're about to leave is when you pay the outfitter the rest of the money you owe for the shells and gun rentals mm-hmm. they can break it up mm-hmm. in three payments basically awesome awesome well man i'm sure a lot of people have um hopefully piqued their interest in, in going hunting in Argentina. And it doesn't have to be Argentina. It could be New Zealand. It could be anywhere. We just want you to go hunt. We want you to go experience it. Go support outfitters that are pretty much the pillar of our hunting community. And Tana, thank you. Thank you for doing it. Thank you for going back. Oh, yeah. Next year, man. Hey, we got a spot if you want to come. We got our lodge sleeps six, <laughs> 16 people. I got a massive, massive, massive 2023. I think my wife would kill me if I had Argentina <laughs> in there. So, uh, well, I definitely need to do it. I have not done a proper, proper dove hunt like that. Um, I was in Argentina. We we did dove hunt. It wasn't amazing, like crazy amount. Um, but we had a really good pigeon shoot. Holy oh, smokes. So the pigeons, pigeons were like... Parakeets everywhere. And as soon as you start killing them... And you sort of used them as decoys. It was just like on, like it was crazy. Oh, that's the same so as good. Oh, that's another thing. Like, I think another. I thought you go down there. It's just all day waves of birds coming at you, and it's not like I got. So we have all our. They give you these little sheets that have every day, every afternoon, and morning broke down. So some of the hunts were not good at all. Like the first morning, only shot two blocks of shells. The Mm. Or the first afternoon, first morning, we only shot one box of shells. But the afternoon, I shot 28 boxes of shells. And then the next morning, shot five boxes of shells. That afternoon, I shot 34 boxes of shells. So some of the days, like, because you'll hunt off roost, and the roost will be 500 yards away. So you'll see all the birds get up, but it's 50-50 if they fly towards you or away from you. Because they're just going to whatever field they want to. It's not like they're patterning. Are you moving around or are they sticking you in the same place every time? So tip morning, 
you'll hunt one spot and then afternoon you'll hunt a different spot but if the birds aren't flying like the mornings we only shot one or two boxes we were trying to move around and but just because after the roost flies then it's in the morning it's not that i mean it's so can be good but it's not as like intense and so we tried one morning we got to our spot we saw all the birds pick up and then just fly the complete opposite direction of us so we tried to swing around and get behind them but by the time we did the whole roost had basically already flown by mm. so they'll try but it's not like a constant you sit out there all day and can just shoot as much as you want i mean you can sh- shoot as much as you want but you're gonna be the birds will stop flying before you like can actually just shoot all day long gotcha Gotcha. Well, that's awesome, dude. I'm glad you went. I'm glad you're going back. Thank you for reaching out on Instagram and saying, hey, I just went there. I spent less money. Would you be interested in hearing how I did? And I was like, yes, absolutely. We want people like you. That's the point of this podcast. We love people, just blue-collared individuals who just love to hunt that are just like, hey, I want to go. And I went. So thank you, Tanner. Oh, yeah. No problem. Thanks for having me. Well, that's it for today. Appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.